human beings forget almost everything that happens to them, particularly American human beings. We can't remember our own history. We can't remember the fact that just a few years ago, maybe a year ago, two years ago, some thugs stuck their guns in our wives' faces and stole their stuff or threatened bodily harm or did worse. But that's what we do as, as people. We forget. And I'm asking you now not to forget what happened because I can't. I can't forget the fact that my wife and her friends all started jamming on those police scanner apps. They all wanted to know what was the best police scanner app. They're calling all friends of mine in the police department, like, which, which one is best? <laughs> it's amazing. And now we have an election coming up, and the election is for the mayor of the city of Chicago and the aldermen. And one of the aldermen that are, that are up in one ward that is significantly important to the people of Chicago is the 19th ward. Long held as a bastion of power by certain select families, the Sheehan's, the Rugais, and people like that. And now it's kind of breaking up and more people are getting a chance to speak. And one of those who's getting a chance to speak is Mike Cummings, retired sergeant of police, dispensing street justice on the streets of Chicago on the south side, as was done in the old days. And now he's here on the Chicago Way with me and Jeff Carlin. And Jeff Carlin is always ready. When I went down with that stroke and the health problem, the open heart surgery, he was here. Thanks, Jeff. Tom Serafin. Thanks, Tom. And here we are again today. And where are you with Mike Cummings doing battle with the Rue guys and the Sheehan's for the heart of the 19th Ward? And Lori Lightfoot backing, I'm sure to his regret, the alderman of the 19th Ward. Where are you when your friends forget that just two years ago, they were terrified, jumping under their beds, hoping they could get a gun. Where can they get a gun? Where can we get a gun, honey? You're on the Chicago way. A couple weeks out before the mayoral election. With everything up in the air on WGN+. Plus. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall-style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way, absolutely. The, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way, that's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Well, that feels like everything is right in the world with John doing the opening here in the monologue. I feel good. I know John's feeling great, but who do we want to learn about today? I want to see who's feeling great. The chances in the 19th ward. Mike Cummings, welcome to the Chicago way. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great to have you here. So Mike, you have a, have a history. You're a retired Chicago police officer. Uh, what was your background there? Yes. I started as a uh, patrolman 
and then was promoted to detective in 1998. I spent most of my time as a homicide detective on the south side, uh, approximately 23 years as a homicide detective. Um, at the end of my career, I was promoted to sergeant. Uh, all total, I served 35 years as a police officer. Wow. And, and can you tell us those heartwarming stories that the media loves to tell, even as they're even as the media is singling out your kids uh, as police children for, for abuse by uh, thugs and other scum in the neighborhoods. I'm sorry, but, you know, I guess one thing after this, after this health thing I went through, there's no filter, and I don't give a shit because <laughs> I, I'm thinking about all those coppers and their families and all the, those cop moms and all the moms that I interviewed, the women. I interviewed about their husbands going through all this, the spitting and the throwing and the hit, being hit by water bottles and mocked by Mayor Lightfoot. And I don't forget. I don't know. Are people supposed to forget this, Mike? Are we supposed to forget and just smile like a bunch of stupid grapes and say, eat me? I mean, what? So you're exactly right, John. There's not too many heartwarming stories. Uh, on the south side of Chicago. And as a detective, uh, one of the cases I worked on was Tyshawn Lee, who was a nine-year-old boy who was executed in an alley by three thugs. Uh, myself, other detectives uh, were successful in bringing three of those thugs uh, to justice. We, they were arrested and charged with first-degree murder in the death of Tyshawn Lee. They were trying to hurt or even hurt worse his father, correct? Yes, trying to find his father to kill him for uh, gang conflict. Uh, once they couldn't find his father, who was in hiding, they sacrificed the boy, the nine-year-old boy, instead of his father. Heart-wrenching. Wow. I mean, 35 years doing this, I, I'm sure that those stories really pile up. But you know what cops are dealing with on a daily basis and see it. And there's more. It's just police in the ward you're running for. But what do you think is, is not being... Uh, serviced for the officers and their families in that ward. I mean, what, what sparks the, the need to, to run for Alderman now? Well, in 2020, I was a sergeant in Roseland, and that's when the uh, politicians deemed it social unrest, but it was full-blown on riots, uh, looting, and every day the police officers are out there getting beat up, uh, working 12 hours a day. And I was working 12 hours a day as well as a field sergeant. I know the physical and mental stress that was happening to the officers because I suffered it. And I went to politicians and asked for help and assistance, and they all turned their back on us. Their offices weren't even open because of the pandemic. I can just tell you, my son-in-law is a five-year patrolman today, and his days off are still being canceled. So when the aldermen and politicians say they've rectified the situation for the police officer, they haven't. They promised police officers, uh, clinical therapists in each of the 22 police districts. It was budgeted and it was in the 2022 budget and they haven't delivered the mental health, uh, that was promised for the individual officers. And it's not just the individual officer. Like I said, my son-in-law is a police officer. My daughter and he have two children, two years and younger. He constantly gets his days off canceled. The stress on my daughter and the family of these officers 
is just not on the police officer. It encompasses the whole family. And, and I think anybody and, and most evidence will point to that when we see instances of, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, bad judgment in, in strenuous, strenuous situations for officers. That's when bad things happen that we as a society, we don't want to have happen. And yeah, it's like fraying a thread, right? You know, you just keep pulling at that thread. Eventually it's going to break and it, you know, bad consequences in high stress and high risk areas. Uh, yeah, that's got to be something that that I'm sure most officers are just clamoring for. It, it maybe not externally, but you know, within their family, and you know, it's, you know, guys don't want to say, "Hey, I'm I'm weak" or I, "I got something going wrong." But that mental health thing just scares me to think about how I would be in a situation. You know, twelve hours on, you know, eight hours off, whatever it is, for an unending time, I I'd be making mistakes. I'd be be not doing the the things I'd want to be doing the right way. And and that's just, I mean, I, uh, that's staggering that we there isn't more focus on that. The problem is that these officers are just, are they're not, no offense to the streets and sand garbage guys, but it's not just picking up garbage. Right. They're dealing with human beings and they're armed. And the, many of the human beings that are screaming at them are armed. It's a bad situation. And when you have aldermen, uh, given lip service to these families, these police families, I just don't see how good comes of it. And I've got to ask you, Mike, how's uh, Alderman Matt O'Shea, the 19th Ward, supporter of Lori Lightfoot? Where are we supposed to fit him into this triptych? Yeah, so in 2020, Matt O'Shea was asked about defunding the police, and he said he didn't have an opinion on it. It wasn't up to him to decide. It was up to the people to decide. So instead of taking a stand, he stood down and said, let the people decide by referendum. I asked him to push back on the mayor and the superintendent. I asked him to take a vote of no confidence. He told me it doesn't work that way. I told him the police officers out here need a voice. They're getting beat up every night. I said, will you stand on the floor of the city council and talk up for the police? He said, it doesn't work that way. He told me there's 30 aldermen that don't want to hear that. He doesn't take a stand for the police. Those 30 aldermen who don't want to hear that, they're the first ones on the phone screaming that somebody shot at their house. They're the first ones on the phone demanding to see the captain because somebody roughed up their kid. They're the yeah. first ones on the phone to demand clout be served, and they won't stand up for the police. It's why it makes it very difficult for me to stand up for them. Yeah. Got to get past that, or we don't have a city. And I've noticed uh, in the past couple of days now, things are, are taking shape. One is, uh, I hesitate to mention this because they might not like the praise. And I don't intend it as praise, but the uh, the former newspaper that used to have a page two columnist <laughs> is now endorsing Paul Bellis for mayor. What's going on there? And how does that mayor's race impact on the 19th Ward Alderman's race, Mike Cummings? I believe Paul Bellis is a strong candidate. Uh, I believe he's the most qualified candidate in the race. Um, he'll do well in the 19th ward. 
Uh, he's got a son that's a firefighter, Chicago firefighter, and he's got a son that is a police officer in another part of the country. Um, Paul Vallis is in touch with the people of the 19th Ward. But I, I'm a little concerned, I'll tell <laughs> you the truth. I like Paul. Jeff yeah. likes Paul. Sure. Um, but I want Paul to come out banging. I want Paul Vallis to fight for this because uh, just being reasonable and making and so that the Karens aren't upset isn't going to fight for the heart and soul of the city. I want him to go after it. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he could be a little bit more aggressive, or do you think he's doing the right thing now, both of you? I, bl I believe he could be more aggressive, and I'm more aggressive. I'm running for alderman in the 19th Ward because there's no public safety. I want to restore public safety in the 19th Ward. I want to fix the police department. These police officers need to have some of this oversight pulled back from them. I'm not afraid to say it. This mayor needs to go. The superintendent needs to go. And we need to find a new state's attorney. The city is in a crisis. We hear this all the time that this is the most important election of our lifetime. I believe this yeah, is it. the most important election yeah. in the city of Chicago. Yeah, I'd say Mike, so if, too. Mike and Jeff, if the people of Chicago don't decide to fight for their own city, there will not be a city. This is how close we are. When you just, if you can't remember it, if you can't remember what you were thinking, and all of you who aren't coppers and aren't reporters out on the street, but all of you who are listening to this, I want you to um, think of yourselves as remembering what your wives were telling you when your wife said, should we look at a police scanner? Should we mm -hmm. listen to a police scanner so I know where to go when I'm shopping for groceries? Or can I go, should I listen to the police scanner when I'm shopping for drugs, pharmacy for the kids? Yeah, That's where we are now. I mean, you're right, John. That, that is where we are. Um, you know, the question I, I have for you, Mike, and this is, you know, one of the things that kind of drives me crazy about the city. And I know I know the, the, the thought behind it, but you know, our city spends a lot of money having to pay for issues that happen with the police, you know, stops or whatever, because they don't want to take it to court. There are lots and lots of settlements happen. And it's a, a, a crazy amount of money that that winds up coming out of this, the city's budget. Well, how do we how do we solve that problem or even start to begin addressing that problem? Because I know that training and training is something that people talk about for cops. But what what is it? Do you, do you have any insight on, on on where we could begin to get officers and the city out of the situation where, you know, we're going to get sued for millions and millions of dollars, whether it's legitimate or not? Uh, what where, where do we begin with that? Right. I agree that these settlements are astronomical and a burden on the taxpayers of the city of Chicago. Um, I would hope that the Corporation Council would take more of these to trial. And I believe they would win some of these cases. Um, I think the body camera, the uh, body worn camera by the police officers now mm -hmm. uh, helps the police officer. Sure. And yeah, it, it's live. And then people can make that judgment. Like, what would they do right. if they were in that situation? Um, they have a split second to decide. They don't see everything um, that a uh, pod camera or uh, overhead camera sees. They can mm -hmm. only see from what they're looking at. So I think the body-worn cameras will help in some of this litigation. And 
you know, again, the Corporation Council, I think, should do a better job uh, defending the officers. If I may, I'd like to offer an observation to you gentlemen. In my experience of Chicago, let's say 50 years of experience in the uh, Chicago way, what I've noticed is that when big money is at stake, it's not a bleep in coincidence. There's no bleep in coincidences when it comes to big money. And what we're talking about here in these lawsuits against police are tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. And I'd like to see the newspapers do their damn job. I'd like to see the city council do its damn job. I'd like to see the relationship exposed between the judges, the courts, and the advocates for these so-called innocent uh, beings who are being attacked by the by the by the police, and have have all this aired out so that people can discuss it R- rationally, responsibly, not poking uh, blame on anyone or any individual, but to, to deal with it rationally, like well, we have a in order, like we have a city to protect. That's it. Yeah, that's. I mean that. Those those are all issues that, and I think the steps in the right direction. I, I'm glad you're, glad you're thinking about that because it's again, it's in the citizens of taxpayer. You see those dollars go through, and you're like, wow, you know, we've got failing schools, we've got terrible transit system, all these problems in the city, and oh, by the way, we're also you know forking over cash to people who, for the most part, put themselves in a terrible position and then cry foul when it goes bad. I mean, that's. Yeah. yeah, and they're and they're also giving out donations. Right. I would assume. I would assume. Right. You know, they're like, "Hey, I got a, I got a big score here." Now, uh, Mike, what about the campaign itself for Alderman? You're going up against Matt O'Shea. The O'Shea family is connected to the 19th Ward royalty. You've got the Ginger Wu guys and the uh, Sheehan brothers. I like the Sheehan's. I give Mike a lot of credit for uh, throwing, a, canceling a touchdown against Notre Dame during right during his election when he was a referee. But I wonder if, if things have to change now, if things are changing in the 19th Ward. And can they change, Mike? We need to make a change in the 19th Ward. And like you say, I agree. There's not a finer man. And Mike Sheehan. Uh, he was a strong leader. He provided jobs. He put the 19th Ward on the map. When he was alderman and county sheriff, people looked to the 19th Ward for leadership. The council looked to the 19th Ward for their ideas. And it was followed up by Ginger Rugai, who was strong. She was chairman of police and fire. She was a strong leader. And the 19th Ward thrived. It was a great place to live raise a family, and businesses prosper. Eleven and a half, twelve years ago, the reins were given to the current alderman, and he disregarded the citizens for his own per- personal gains. He left the Public Safety Committee to be chairman of the Aviation Committee. He... Why? To line his own pockets. He's got over a million dollars in his war chest. It's all about math. Your constituents are coppers and firemen. They need a 
They need yeah. their alderman to be to be on the front line in public safety. Yeah, if I had, if, if if I had to choose a, a position for my alderman in that ward, I think that would be it. Jeez. There's no reason to be on any committee other than public safety. And that, I have no... I have no desire to be any chairman other than on the public safety because that's what I'm running. And that's why uh, public safety is the issue. It's the number one priority of mine. It's the number one issue in this campaign in the 19th Ward and citywide. And nobody knows public safety better than me. I've been, I've been out there. I know the mental health and physical beating of police officers takes. I know more about policing than anyone on the city council. I'm in touch with the command staff. I have a great reputation. I am in touch with retired commanders. We're going to bring the police department back. I have no doubt that you will if you get the chance, Mike. But I've got a question. Jeff and I have always been wondered about the the most famous case of popcorn theft (laughs) in the history of Chicago. And that is Bobby Rush's popcorn. I remember when I remembered only too well when the the, the coppers, some of many of them, some of them looked like one guy looked like he had the map of Ireland on his face, and this poor guy, after twelve or fifteen hours of throwing rioters this way and that, basically collapsed on Bobby Rush's couch, and Bobby Rush accused them of, "How dare you! You 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 ate my popcorn!" Bobby Rush said, "How dare you eat my popcorn!" So she has herself, Lori Lightfoot, has a news conference in which she brings all the suits down, all the white shirts down, except one. She does not bring down the second district commander, who would have been the commander, given the order about those coppers going to Bobby Rush's office and chilling out. And I've got to ask you, has there been any sighting of Bobby Rush popcorn or has the case been solved of the Bobby Rush popcorn? And will it be solved? I believe that case has been resolved. <laughs> I think it was a made-for-TV uh, criticism of the Chicago police and the Chicago police officers involved. A stunt? And, no. Yes. You mean she called a news conference and it wasn't a real news story? She just blah, blah, blah her way through to get on TV? Correct. Yeah. She exploits these police officers for her own political gain and Bobby Rush's political gain. Those police officers were exhausted. Yeah. They deserve shelter. And any other business or resident would have welcomed police officers in their home during that time. And Bobby Rush and Lori Lightfoot exploited them. Uh, that's embarrassing. That's so true. That is so true, Mike. Any, any, any business would have welcomed them. Right. Yeah. And she goes, and how does she expect? I just can't understand it. And, and this is coming, Mike, from somebody who endorsed uh, Lori Lightfoot. I gave her a big hug. Jeff liked her. We tried to do the right thing by the city. You know, the city's changing. Okay, let's change with it. And then I realized that when it changes, if you let the coppers rot on the side of the road and be injured and you don't help them, you're not doing yourself a favor. You're hurting the city. And now I'm wondering, you know, we did, we basically did the wrong thing, Jeff. Well, yeah, we were, we, we were sold a very nicely packaged bill of goods and the package was, was rotten. 
On, on that note, I think we've taken enough of your time, Mike. I know you've uh, got to get back out there on the uh, campaign trail, knocking on doors, shaking hands, kissing babies, or is it kissing babies, shaking hands? I don't know. Anyway, you're out there. Um, you know, Good luck. Where can people find out more information if they want to see more about your campaign? Yeah, we have our website. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're all over the place. What's the name of the website, Mike? Cummings19thWard.com. And a great, well-named website it is. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here on the Chicago way, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it and get well. Good luck. So, Jeff Carlin. Yeah, John Cass. I'm, uh, I'm glad that we're back to the business of, of uh, the podcast, which is politics in Chicago, the Chicago way. Yes, sir. We've got the rude guy. We've got the 19th Ward fight going on. That's a Donnie Brook. Yeah, it's a Donnie you know, Brook. <laughs> you need like uh, like John Ford music, you know, in the <laughs> with the with the ba- it's a bashing of Jaws and so forth. And I haven't seen any fights come up, but I'm sure there will be. Mm. And uh, let, let's see, Paul Bellis is endorsed for mayor by the Tribune. Yeah. How, that, how much did they <laughs> did they swallow that down with milk or was it beer? <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> did they did sometimes just beat him to endorsing, and so then they were like, "Well, who's the best of the rest?" Because they wanted to be different. I. That's uh, it's uncharacteristic. Does the, does the sometimes endorse? Well, I mean. I'm sorry, de, de facto endorsement, maybe not, but I think it's implied that they're based on their reporting that it's not Paul Vallis. That's for sure. I mean, I, this is, this, well, yeah. this blows me, this rubs me such the wrong way, John, as you and I were preparing for this talk to Mike, I was listening to uh, WBEZ, who, as we all know, or maybe not know is uh, owned and operated by Chicago public media. And they were first story out of the gate, top news story besides the bone chilling cold at 8 a.m. was a, a hit piece by all accounts reporting that a retire or a ex Chicago cop who was named in the Laquan McDonald. Again, we were talking about this, the lawsuit against the city that the city had to pay five million dollars, gave five thousand dollars to Je- to Paul Vallis. And that this was the the thing. Oh, I can't believe who's donating money to Paul Vallis, which it, 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 are you serious? That's a news story. That's your lead news story. Is that some guy who may, who may or may it was uh, Dan Michalopoulos and Tom Shuba uh, for the Sun Times and picking it up on BZ. And I and I I like Dan and and Tom has always been good to me. You know, whenever I asked for uh, information or help on something, but. What is this? I mean, I know they've had a series of stories looking at Vallis's campaign donations, and I know you and I have gotten taken, you know, Kim Fox a task over her donations. But we're talking about five thousand dollars, and Paul's got uh, last reported like one point five million dollars in in funding so far, at least. And this is five thousand dollars from a guy who was named in a lawsuit against the city. W- what's the point of the story? Are we are we supposed to infer that? Paul Vallis supports the people who led to who wound up killing uh, Laquan McDonald. Well, is that is that we're supposed to pick up here, or that somehow Paul Vallis supports 
the the people on the other side of of Laquan's family. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Or is it? Or is it? Is it that Paul Vellis is evil? Right. That's because the a police officer. <clears throat> isn't that what the meaning is? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be. I like. It's, I like it's supposed to. Shuba yeah. too. I like yeah. Dan and Shuba too. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that they were well served by yeah. their editors. Remember the same editor, the same managing editor nationally, mm-hmm. who wasn't interested in the um, the big story of the year because it wasn't. It didn't fit right. It, right. It, they 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 step on stories that don't work with their politics. Right. And I think that the editors are at fault there. I'm they sure killed, they killed the Hunter Biden story right. on national public radio because they didn't want to deal with it. Right. And they wanted to play, you know, the the the, the loyalist game. And uh, in this one, I think it's just unfortunate that people would go with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, beca- I, I, I invite everybody, quit your jobs, become journalists again. Start out small, but write what's important to you, not what's important to some geek uh, who's sucking up to uh, Tony Preckwinkle and Kim Fox. Right. And, and as I write scroll... Write what's important to you. Exactly, yeah. And, and what, you know, what you know, I mean... that. <laughs> This it's it's just crazy to me. So I, I looking at the front page of, you know, WBEZ here in Chicago and it the four stories up and the second biggest story is this headline about and here's the headline. Paul Vallis gets help in Chicago mayoral bid from ex-officer in Laquan McDonald scandal. So that headline if I we want to decode that is Paul Vallis equals Laquan McDonald scandal. Like that's that's the headline. You take all the ancillary words that don't mean anything. That's the headline. So some editor said that was the the thing to run with. And and it just shows you that. And then, then you look through the rest of their politics, not another story about any other candidate, except there's another story earlier this week about another donor from Paul Vallis to Paul Vallis, who has had ties to CPS and issues with Barbara Bird Bennett. And, and it's like, okay, so why don't you just start writing headlines that say, Paul Vallis shouldn't be mayor. Here's why. Paul Vallis should not be mayor. Here's why. Like that, that's all these the political stories are on WBEZ. And it's infuriating because people who don't work in the biz, people who don't know better are going to see that and it's going to taint the way they see everything. And it's not about Paul. I mean, I, you know, we, we're on this that we both think Paul is probably the best person to run this city. But why, why, why are you not doing a service to the people? Why are you doing a disservice? You're out there actively chewing the choosing to be bad you know what did melania trump say be best come on be easy be best i don't i think that ship is uh that boat has sailed Mm -hmm. yeah i think that boat has sailed the only way i think so and again i want to be clear and that dan is a friend and i like dan uh, but I and I, but we point out things when we have our friends do things too, right? Because we don't, we don't, you know, we're representing the people of Chicago and the people of this right metropolitan area. Oh, and and you know, and I and I'm certainly, you know, I get it. You get you you get stuck in the in a position where you 
you have to to answer to people and you have to feed the machine, feed the beast, as we'd call it in the newsroom. But you right. know, I worked I worked for WLS and I had to do a lot of stuff that involved uh, you know all sorts of hard right candidates that I didn't care anything about and and definitely did not agree with. But that was my job, so I had to do it. And I I worked for stations where I write put people. You know, we had uh, our, our good friend um, Tom Bevin on the other day. We were talking about uh, Michael Avenatti, and you know, I put Michael Avenatti on oh, there. Yeah. Total scumbag. You know, is completely useless now. I was it's a, a news entertainment show. So we were doing splitting the line between news at the top and bottom of the hour and entertaining, you know, when we could. So sure, I have it out there, but you know, it wasn't my favorite thing to do. I wouldn't put give that guy the light of day if I didn't if I didn't think it was gonna improve our ratings, because at the end of the day we were a business. But you know, I get it. So, you know, I'm not not a knock on Dan explicitly here. This is the this is the structure at BEZ that lets them do this. And then they turn around and, and try to claim that they are the this bastion of fairness and we do things the right way and blah, blah, blah. We have all the editors. Well, all your editors are stuck on one side and they need to open their eyes. So at least in my opinion. You no, know, you know what the thing is they got they also have parachutes is a good reporter. Yeah. They have people do good good stuff. But you have to stand up and say no. Mm-hmm. You have to if if someone's trying to sell you that uh, the virtue is on one side, mm-hmm. they're wrong. Right, they're wrong completely. Yeah. Anyway, how's recovery? Uh, You're good. Everyone wants to know. You sound good. Recovery is good. I did my first uh, winged it podcast <laughs> opening. Yeah, first, that was good. Uh, so uh, I wanted to see if I could, you know, process the ideas, and I did. And yeah. One take. Uh, we're getting we're one take, and we're getting closer to uh, to um, writing a column. Right now, I think we're going to stick with guest columns, and you know, awesome. I, I wanted to say one thing. Yeah, guest columns are important to me. I want to write my own, but right now, it's that's a little difficult. I hope people understand that. Oh, they do, John. But um, Michael Jones wrote one. Uh, the the uh, one about the devil by Miss Terry Sullivan was wonderful. Uh, uh, Aaron Geary, yeah, Aaron Geary write, writes about uh, charter schools and mm-hmm. choice in public schools, and uh, I just hope that the candidates, people are still interested in running for mayor in this town will write a column to express to the people. I don't care if I don't care if it's Brendan Johnson. I don't care if it's uh you know whoever whoever's in the race, you want to get your word out, send it in. Yeah. John at John Cass News and type some submit or submission, let's use submission in the um in the in the subject line, John at John Cass News, and let's see if you can inform the voters because you keep telling me all the time that you want to inform the voters. <laughs> we'll do it. You got a chance. That's anyway, funny. that's it for me and me. So for Mike Cummings, shoot, we're trying to. Change the business as usual in the 19th Ward. And, of course, myself, Jeff Carlin. And John Cass, 
the recovering yes. fantastic uh, writer and thought maker we know and love and hope uh, is on the road to recover full recovery here. We're back home. I'm, not, sh- I'm not shaving my beard. I love it, I'm John. Not I, I, my beard. I, the people have spoken. I think they like it. All right, that's where we're staying with. Okay, <laughs> Jeff Carlin, let's ramp up the schedule on these podcasts and do more than one a week, and uh, let's see where we're at. I love it. Thanks, well, buddy. And thank you for listening, and check us out, and, of course, check out johncastnews.com, and, and we uh, will see you next time. Chumbalone.